hey kids, you uh, you trying to get into Segment City? Well, you really shouldn't, because Segment City is a mature podcast, and listener discretion is advised. I'm just trying to look at, I know I'm in an alleyway, I know, I know how I look, but I got some fireworks for you kids. I got snakes and I got sparklers, that's all I got. Oh, don't give me that. Say some wild yeah. shit that you said before the call <laughs> so I can yeah, okay. react again. This is, yes, we Give we the whole were, backstory. Give the whole backstory. As we were, as we do, we d- talk before the podcast because we are friends in real life. What? Uh, wh- <laughs> is this news <laughs> to you? Um, and I was talking about a kind of a synchronicity that happened in my life because uh, Theo brought up his new... Uh, coffee machine and i said i was i drove to my parents because i had to do laundry there and i was listening to an episode of my brother my brother and me and they did an opening bit bit about cup cappuccinos having Mm -hmm. milk frother getting some cappuccinos cappuccinos Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and then i went to my parents place and i saw a brand new in the box milk frother separate like like separate by itself milk frother and i said to you yep what's the deal with milk frothers why do you need to froth the milk and then you and then i said (laughs) you gotta hold that opinion for the i said you gotta hold that opinion for the podcast because that's a spicy bad take we gotta start (laughs) i gotta i gotta get this taste out of my mouth nice frothed milk because it's spicy and bad that take that you have that's incredible i can't okay let's Mm -hmm. list the ways in which frothed milk is different than than still let's call it still it's not sparkling it's still <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna say this is the exact same tone and cadence that i when you stumble into a landmine yeah something, welcome something to something your land passionate about because okay. i said that to a friend of like do you like mystery science theater 3000 have you ever heard of that and he was like my favorite episode starting from like, <laughs> i was like oh okay i didn't know you knew this much all right so texturally incredibly different one frothy foamy delicious delightful the other one flat doing nothing for me not tingling my tongue doing nothing for my palate it's just the cream i'm not saying it's bad like every once in a while i have a glass of milk but like it's no froth and then with coffee generally you are heating up the milk so now it's Uh warm aerated milk that's a magic that's Listen, that's the equivalent of going from kibble to fancy feast. That's oh incredible. God. That's that's just a whole upgrade that you can't even. How are you throwing that away? How are you? How are you downplaying this? Well, ding 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 ding, ding. Garçon, can you bring me my nice aerated milk? Oh, this one's <laughs> yes. too full of uh, liquid. I want this a little bit more fluffy, like a little cloud for me. If this I is could... you being the bourgeoisie. Yes, <laughs> welcome. Hey. Also, you can get one of these milk frothers from like the dollar store and you can feel bougie on a budget. You can stick your milk in the microwave and then froth it up and you've gone from you've gone to bougie level for a dollar. That's great. I think you can go. I think on Amazon, it's probably like $15 to get one. I don't think it's. And that's like not even a bargain bin. That's like like a normal one. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know you can get really cheap ones that are going to fall apart by the time you get home. But like. Oh, 100%. You can get a $15 one. That'll last you. Like you just, you know, pop a double A in there and boom, you got yourself a milk frother. 
even when I, because I'm not currently drinking coffee, I'm, I've gone back to tea. It's a nice, tea. yeah. Um, which does, I, I am having loose tea, but that's like a, a tiny bit of a process. Yeah. Like, I just have to put it into, I have like little holders that you, it's, you can. Listen, hey, you can't get on easy. my case about being the bourgeoisie no! and then say that you like loose sleep tea. I'm, Literally, that is the easiest thing to <laughs> do is lose sleep. No, no. no there's a, the, there's absolutely listen, a difference. Get, I'm kicking you back down, peasant. Get back to, to Lipton, peasant. I like, is, is it the fact that I have a holder with, it's not pre-bagged? Isn't that more bougie? I'm doing the more <laughs> peasant thing where I'm like, oh, just give me the leaves. I'll no, handle no, no. it myself. In our, in our modern era, the more work you do, the more bougie it is. That's true. But right. it's also like, if... If somebody, I would, even if they went to a Starbucks and they're like, ooh, I love how they froth the milk. I would be like, you're, That's a valid are take. I me? love that. You're talking to no. the man who just no. dropped several hundred dollars on a new coffee machine. Yeah, you're ready to talk about it. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you've already invested. I can't talk you I know, out you of a thing. You, no, that no, no, you, no. It's, I'm too far gone. Like, it's, it's time to, listen, I'm on the next level of steamed milk. It's not just froth. It's steamed, baby. Come on. It's, you got the steamer wand. You got to do the right angle at the top of the milk to get the steamer warm. You got to froth it just right. And then you dunk it below the surface to get the textural component froth correctly. And then you stir it all up and you make yourself what a little. Mm. It's like it's a cafe in your home. Mm. What the fuck are you talking? You sound like you're creating the Philosopher's Stone. Like, it is. What are you doing? Well, I, I kid you not. It takes me 10 minutes to make a cup of coffee, and I love it. <laughs> I love every minute you, of it. You have fucking Doc Brown from Back to the Future's <laughs> lab, just like, doot, doot, like Rube Goldberg machine. You're, it's like Willy Wonka, just steam everywhere, and your girlfriend's like, honey, are you okay? And you're like, she's like, first you drink milk at night, just staring out the window above the sink, and now... <laughs> you've been making milk, milk pillows. What is this? What is this? But you know what? Every single uh, coffee in Segment City, the flattest thing you've ever seen. Also, the, the people with the, f the flattest asses. But we yeah. don't really like to talk about that. We have whatever the opposite. What's the Where's geographically opposite from Brazil? Like Mongolia? Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. Because there's a Brazilian butt lift. So we've got the Mongolian butt removal. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we have that's our specialty created by genghis khan in old <laughs> in historical times it is optimal for riding horses and shooting bows <laughs> <laughs> this is how they they perfected the technique no th this is a podcast in which uh me will kane the uh emperor of all flat buttum am joined by my friend here yes and i'm theosopakos and uh I'm going to just put that steamer wand right in my butt and, and hope it expands, baby. We're <laughs> just going in. <laughs> Whoa. No, that would be, you would have too fluffy of a butt then. That's <laughs> too, too much. Too much injection, yeah. <laughs> could you, could you, the, Theo in real life is a tall, uh, mm -hmm. thin man. Waluigi. Imagine you. Waluigi. Yeah. yeah, imagine you with just two fucking ham hocks <laughs> of, of ass oh, that I would, would be... turn a lot of heads. That would be a yeah, people would go, wild Ooh. ride. You have not seen me from behind yet. <laughs> Don't count and, me out. <laughs> this is a podcast where we just talk about booties all day. All booties no, all the time. That's, that's, a, that's a joke. The first of many on this comedy podcast where we uh, dumpster dive our way through the internet, we get all those good comedy morsels, and we uh, package them together. 
for you, for for our adoring audience. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start with a Will Stupid Thought. And because we're in Halloween, I'm concerned about the future of trick-or-treating. Uh-oh. Thoughts are, about are, are Zoomers Are Zoomers ruining the trick-or-treating industry? Mm, I mean, I think COVID <laughs> definitely... <laughs> yeah had a big deal with that because it might it might just be chalked up to that the still like lingering fears mm-hmm. but uh or i just lived at places that didn't have a lot of trick-or-treaters but i it didn't feel like there's a lot of trick-or-treating happening because i'm currently in a place that is, literally is across like is very close to a public library and a school so it's like primo place now will i have think. to ask you have you identified in your vicinity the super neighborhood have you found it? Ooh, I I mean, I do live near kind of uh, bougie houses, some big old Victorians. Right. So, my, so my grand unified theory of trick-or-treating is that it's no longer distributed evenly amongst neighborhoods. People go to, to super neighborhoods exclusively. Like, like mm. the mom and pop, the, the mom and pop trick-or-treating <laughs> neighborhoods are being replaced with like the Walmart experience mega blockbuster where you go and get everything, you know? This is a conspiracy theory I can get behind. I, yes, this is no the longer, kind of conspiracy theories we need. If you don't live in a good neighborhood, you ask your parents to get in the car because you can't be outdone as a kid and be like, I got five pieces of candy when, you're, when your other buddy boy went, well, I drove to the super neighborhood and I got five pounds of candy. So you don't want to feel left yeah. out. You don't want to be a chump. But how do you how do you scope that out? Is it just kind of wealth distribution? Because I've been to <sighs> fancy houses that I'm like, I'm going to get a full-size candy bar. Yeah. And then they're just like, here's an apple, you piece of shit. And you're just like, what? Do you, what? Why? So I used to I used to live in the super, super neighborhood. And I think I've talked about it on the podcast. But I will mention. No, you have not. I cannot think of a time. Go on. So the first time I moved into my, I don't currently, but when I, my previous place where I lived, we didn't know that we had moved into the Halloween hotspot. Like I'm Uh, talking sleepy neighborhood street by all accounts for 364 nights a year. And one night a year, they shut down the street and thousands of people come to this tiny little neighborhood street and trick or treat. And there's like, to the point of there's a full ass brass band playing like thriller and people set up like <laughs> skeleton puppet shows on their porches and they've got Hell like yeah. the cauldrons with the steam and the smoke cascading down their front steps. Ooh. So we didn't know and we ran out of candy <laughs> in like 25 minutes and we're forced to oh turn God. off the lights and hide because we didn't know. No one told us. Yeah, that's true. I, I thought you were talking about like your childhood home in New Hampshire. No, like, this wow, is when really? we moved, moved to Boston in our my first yeah. like real apartment in Boston after college. And I will no, say I, that there was one, there is this one gargantuan house in that neighborhood. It takes up it takes up four plots. Like you know how like a, a house is like yeah. on a parcel of land. It takes up yeah. four of those to make a square for this one house. And they have like a no one in the. I wouldn't say anybody else in the neighborhood has a winding driveway because it's in the city. These people have yeah. a fucking winding driveway in uh, up to their house. And there's four Grecian-style pillars. I was going to say, it, I think I know the, the house. It's yeah. unmistakable. It unreal. And f- and the first year we were like, well, once we realized that this was the this was the party neighborhood, we were like, all right, we shut off the lights. Let's just go walk around. And we were like, mm-hmm. well, that house logically must be giving out the most bomb candy bars because it's obviously like they got wealth 
Rich, yeah. What they had done is shut off all of the outside lights, but they still had their inside lights on and their curtains raised. And so you could see inside their house, they were sitting around watching TV, but they had made it very clear that they were not accepting visitors because they had shut off (laughs) all the outside lights and all the pathway lights and like closed their gate, which is so mind-bogglingly rude. Like you are in the party neighborhood at least participate. You don't have to give out king size candy bars, but at no, least participate. At, did they at least have the the bucket on the front? Nothing. Stoop. Nothing. 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 Oh my god! The, the power plays that you were left with when you're already rich, right? Like this is all they got to, right. to, to fuck with people. I guess it's just like we're we're going to have a. I thought you were gonna say it was like a, a Home Alone him trying to do the cutouts and make it look like a party, <laughs> but it's a real party. Yeah, just me and like, my five <laughs> siblings all watching no, TV. But, no candy here. We're just having too much I fun. Just, I just feel like if I was so wealthy to the point where I could afford four parcels of land, I would do something with that. I would make it like oh, a yeah. Halloween event. I would I would put up like a haunted house or like decorate like crazy and be handy. Like, what's the point of being wealthy if you don't do shit like that? Like, that's true. What's the point? I, I my house when we were growing up, uh, we were the spooky house spooky because my. House. My dad would sit on the porch, pretend to be a dummy, mm-hmm. and scare the kids every mm-hmm. time. And it worked. And he and he had three sons. Uh-huh. And he got the three sons in on it mm-hmm. to make it uh, the true spook. Because right. I I was probably the the one who stayed with the spookies the most. Mm-hmm. Like me and my oldest brother were the, the most into it. And I had uh I had a burlap sack hel- like thing that I would put over like my a scarecrow esque. Uh, yeah, and I would fill yeah. it with like straw and stuff, and then I would jump up and scare. And you could hear the kids when they're getting to the house go, "Mom, that's the scary house. I don't want to get scared." <laughs> like they would, they yes, knew. Yes, yes, good. So, and then they would just they would be the gluttony yes. would bring them in. And yes, go. Oh, I but I want the candy. And then they would go. They would get scared. Go ah! And then they run away. But it was great, and that's what I used to love about Halloween. And now mm-hmm. live on a busy street. Yep. Live, live. I think your super neighborhood thing strategy. I think that's. I think that's the right thing. I, right. Or not the right thing, but I think that's what's happening. The truth, right? Yeah, it's my. That's my. Uh, my theory. Because I think people have. I, I wonder if people get like big groups of kids together. Like all the parents are mm-hmm. like, okay, we're gonna just bring all our kids to one house. I think it's more like, I would think that, I think that the kids probably self-organize and I, be, I bet you at school they're mm. saying, we're going to this neighborhood. Let's all like get our parents to drive us over there and meet up there. Like I bet, I, I mean, bet it's, I would do that. Yeah. As a parent, I would, I would definitely, especially if it's like a, okay, you're, we're, you're with trusted people. We know that there's going to be adults. We can go and watch Friday the 13th. That's sure. <laughs> right. my place. We're going to offload you. We'll take next year. So yeah. my challenge for you this year is try to identify the super neighborhood, see where the people are going, see if you can suss it out. Because I bet you, I, I think that there are probably a lot of them scattered around. Yeah. You just have to sort of like, it's a, if you know, you know, kind of kind of situation. But I want to be in the super neighborhood. Yeah. I, that's yeah, the... Yeah, yeah, that's the down. That's the downside is you want to be giving uh, out candy. You know what? Hopefully your next segment's a super segment. It's a super... It's a super... Super Saiyan segment. Super Saiyan segment. That's right. You got it. There we go. You nailed it. Uh, This one is an in the news from the New York Times, a reputable news source. Mm. 
We rarely it, it, bring you res- reputable news sources. We really, really <laughs> do it. A lot of like the the Washington Post or like yeah the Daily I, or Times or something. Yeah, like. Daily stuff like <laughs> Daily Beast. Yeah, right. not very great. This one is entitled "Was a Tiny Mummy in the Atacama an Alien?" No, but the real story is almost as strange. Oh, this is okay. So this is the the Mexican alien thing. The Atacama Desert in Chile. Yes, it's like a oh, little in a little. It's, it is an alien-looking. So, the, so the, that's the headline, and then directly below it is a is a picture of what appears to be an alien skeleton. It has like a long, elongated head, and mm. a tiny, like little rib cage, and like its its head is just really disproportional from the rest of its body. The arms look very skinny, and they're splayed out in kind of an interesting way. Um, if if I had to guess what this was, I would be like somebody made this out of other animal parts because that's what sometimes hmm. happens but the head looks you know like a humanoid head um but let's uh let's find out what the deal is in is this cuz i heard i think it was in mexican parliament or something there was a big hoo-ha about yes. like we're going to show this off is it the same one it's a di- this is a different one this is actually from earlier oh. the, the one in the mexican parliament was in the news cycle like a month two months ago maybe it was relatively yeah. recent and it turned out that that one was that one was debunked, and it was just turned out to be animal parts, right? That was just yeah. It was, an, it was very skeleton. quickly, de- right? Because they did they was... did a, like a scan on it, and they were like, "This is clearly not a human." Like yeah, but it was it was on the tails of uh, the American right when they were, the guy was in Congress right uh, testifying. So this is actually from 2018, so it's not actually in the news. It's five years outside of the news cycle. But yeah, here fine. we are. That's <laughs> that's in the news, baby. So article starts nearly two decades ago the rumors began in the atacama desert of northern chile someone had discovered a tiny mummified alien an amateur collector exploring a ghost town was said to have come across a white cloth in a leather pouch unwrapping it he found a six inch long skeleton so this skeleton is yeah like the, like six inch long six inch long yes so, so it's a t- it's, it's tiny. It's, yeah, it's really small. It is. It's really small. It is the thing from Men in Black that's in the guy's head or whatever. When yeah, it's very small. <laughs> it's like it's the super tiny. Guy. Yep. Uh, it says, uh, despite its size, the skeleton was remarkably complete. It even had hardened teeth. And yet there were some striking hmm. anomalies. It had 10 ribs instead of the usual 12, giant eye sockets, and a long skull that ended in a point, which all of this you can see uh, in the photo, which if I can start up a second instance of discord i can send to you so you can react to it i'm waiting on that uh ada ata like atacama but short as the remains Mm -hmm. became uh came to be known ended up in a private collection but the rumors continued fueled in part by a ufo documentary in 2013 that featured the skeleton on thursday a team of scientists presented a very different explanation for ada one without aliens but intriguing in its own way so let me see if i can send you this real quick yeah because i'm very interested to see a pointed head yeah it's like it's it's like almost like long long uh vertically and then it's got kind of a ridge like a ridge along the top like it's kind of like fused at the top kind of that's where i thought you're not like a cone not a cone like it's like yeah i thought it was cone heads (laughs) no it's not a it's not a cone head by any means okay that's interesting hmm there, I've just sent you the photo so you can see sort of what we're talking about oh. here. Oh, oh, what? So the it's f- that is that is six inches long. That is six inches long. Yeah. Okay. So f- this is very strange because it looks like it's almost like resin around it. Right. It, it looks like little bones that right. all are connected by like black 
guitar almost, but it's translucent when it comes to the ribs. And then, yeah, it comes to a head that is very tall, but it has like a ridge on the top. It's so, very... so if someone showed you this picture yeah. and said and told you that this had been debunked, what would your guess be as to what it was? Ooh, that it has to be a real like it... this is not an alien, right? Like, so yeah. this is this has been debunked by science. So, so like, so what do you think it is? I I think it would probably be kind of like the P.T. Barnum thing of just kind of tying a, a monkey skeleton to a fish mm. like he tried to do for mm -hmm. a mermaid. Um, like someone, I think someone kind of composited this together from other bits. Yeah, because the legs look it looks like it's actual resin. Like it's literally like black goo is the only thing connecting the pelvis to the, the rest of it. So it looks like it's it looks like an arts and crafts project. Interesting. Like. So science debunked this. So it says it's intriguing. It's not a not a UF not a, an alien, but is intriguing. So Ada's bones contain DNA that not only mm. shows she was human, but that she belonged to the local population. What's more, the researchers identified her DNA, uh, a group of mutations in genes related to bone development. Some of these mutations might be responsible for the skeleton's bizarre form, causing a hereditary disorder never before documented in humans. So somehow this what the fuck that this skeleton got preserved and it had a unique uh a, a unique genetic disorder that has never been seen again my mouth is open because that is like insane this is not what you would have guessed right no that Absolutely it's an crazy. actual real it's, it's just a, a real human it's a tiny person yes. it's just a tiny person i didn't expect it to yeah. be a, just a six inch person yeah crazy right what uh, is this the secret life of arietti bullshit i, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this antonio salas Ella Curiaga, a geneticist at the University of Santiago de Compostela in Spain, who was not involved in the new study, called it a very beautiful example of how genomics uh, can help to disentangle an anthropomorphical, uh, anthropological and archaeological mm -hmm. dilemma. DNA autopsies, as Dr. Ella Curiaga calls them, could help shed light on medical disorders by looking into the past to understand the present. The researchers, the research published in the Journal of Genome Research uh, began in 2012 when Gary P. Nolan, an immunologist at Stanford University, got wind of the UFO documentary Sirius while he was in production. While it was still in production. Dr. Nolan emailed the producers and offered to look for DNA in the mummy. The skeleton's owner agreed to X-ray images as well as bone marrow samples taken from the ribs and right humerus. Once Dr. Nolan and his colleagues received the samples, they were able to retrieve fragments of DNA from bone marrow cells without much struggle. Quote, we could tell this was human right away, said Atul Butte, a computational biologist at the University of California, San Francisco, and co-author of the new study. The scientists eventually managed to reconstruct much of Ada's genome. She was a girl they found most closely related to indigenous Chileans, but she mm. also had a substantial amount of European ancestry. So this was post-European uh, arrival into Chile. Hmm. Hopefully it wasn't um, arrivals in the 1940s, is what I'm going to say. <laughs> no, probably. Scientists have not carried out any precise dating on the skeleton, so they can't exactly say where, when Ada lived. But her European heritage suggests it was somewhere after Chile was colonized in the 1500s, exactly as we said. Damn. Uh, they also have some clues that she's less than 500 years old, which is, you know, she's not an ancient alien. She's Yeah, you can you can age that. I, right. You, doesn't need that much scientific um, explanation. Despite being the size of a human fetus, about the length of a pen, 
Yeah, like six inches, which is crazy. Uh, her bones were as developed in some ways as those of a six-year-old. So this this might have this ch- this child might have been alive beyond just like its infancy. Like it might have had a rare genetic disorder and been alive for a while. This is um, very much another synchronicity in my life because I watched the movie Eraserhead, mm. um, which is about a guy and he gets a woman pregnant and then they have a baby and it's like the most disgusting, like awful, mm, like, right. and it, and it drives them crazy with its screaming and stuff. But it's like, this is that, <laughs> this is that in real life. This is insane. <laughs> yeah. So they, they scanned the DNA and found 54 rare mutations that could potentially shut down the gene, which they were, uh, it, which they were located causing, um, causing this, the, the mutation. Hmm. Um, so they God. said many of the um, some of Ada's mutations are new to science altogether. It caused her skeleton to mature quickly, even while failing to grow to normal stature, meaning like that's why she might have as developed bones as a six year old. It was like growing way faster than it should have while her size remained the same. That's in. I've been wondering about the extra set of ribs myself. Like, what's the what's the point of that? When no, she it's have one fewer less. Ribs? It's one less. Oh, it's one less. Okay, ten so that makes more 12. sense. Yep, yep. Ooh. Um. So they're still basically analyzing this to try to find like if it's relevant or like if it's if it's uh something that we've seen today at all. But I thought this was really fascinating. Where you know, there's this not is. there's not and there's not a corollary as to exactly what it is in today's science like it is new it is new to humanity it's but it's not an alien like it's still scientifically an interesting find could you imagine being in the 16th century in a small chilean village and somebody goes hey come over here you want to see something (laughs) real fucking weird and you're like yeah and then they're just like they bring a shoebox out and they're like this is my daughter <laughs> whoa, whoa. whoa aliens whoa <laughs> okay well we should just that's a witch I'm gonna we're, throw going, that in the fire. we're actually gonna go home now you guys can keep this land it's clearly take, cursed <laughs> we're gonna take this little child and throw him into a bog make it a bog body <laughs> there you go it'll be great well well wow. i hope that that was entertaining for you it was and hopefully our next segment's going to be entertaining for all three people what? who are in the segment. Yes, we're, we're doing a special uh, guest segment that we actually pre-recorded, but it is a spooky, it's spooky for foodies, I'm going to say. It's kind of goes with our Halloween. It's disquieting for me, so listen, listen on. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll cut to that now. Hi, and welcome to our very special segment. We have a, a guest this time uh, for a segment. Some of you might know yeah, this individual. <laughs> we say her name. listen all the way through. Every there's single time. The, uh, there's quite the mythos around this individual. <laughs> yeah, that she has confronted me on in person. Of, I can't <laughs> believe you're, you're, you're spreading these lies about me. Oh wow! Uh, it's Rachel Almost Robinson. Every episode, yeah. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the, the. I was, you know, I was gonna say the big leagues, but I realized that's probably we shouldn't be awarding ourselves the no, crown of big leagues. It feels like no. the big leagues. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm honored. Oh well, amazing. Well, uh, Rachel, and I, Rachel and I were talking uh, recently, and we stumbled upon the fact that uh, there's recipes that are very distinctly. U- Utahn, 
what is the the Utah? Yeah, Utah. Utah. Um, Utah. Uh, recipes. Sounds like you're mispronouncing something when you say yeah. Utah. 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 I, do Utah. I what? Utah. I see. <laughs> oh. That are so these are very specific, and I do think these are like LDS. Are these specifically for LDS, or is it just Utah? That's the thing. I don't. I don't know. I just know that it's by being popular in Utah. It, it most likely is just being popular for being like a Mormon recipe. I could be wrong. Hmm. I'm not, I do not claim to be an expert in this area. Of Good. Disclaimer. We don't, we never bring on experts at anything on the show. <laughs> it would be a tragedy <laughs> if you were an expert. I that know, would be right a waste place. of your time, frankly. But it, it felt <laughs> weird to discuss this topic because I was going to bring this up on the podcast either way of what do you think about <laughs> these recipes? And I decided better to have an expert about it who's actually tasted these things. It's so true. I, I guess I am an expert in that area. Yeah. But as far as yeah. historical context, I couldn't help you. No, so, but you're a first-hand witness. Yes, no, that's first-hand <laughs> first account. I you're going to sure put you on the stand. Uh, right. Primary source. Uh, so the yes. first recipe that we're going to go over, have you ever heard of funeral potatoes? Excuse me, what now? That's... <laughs> you can't... Dun, yes. Those <laughs> are the best. All right, everybody, shuffle along past the casket, and we'll scoop, <laughs> scoop into it your up, hands. And we'll scoop it up and just take your first bite, and then move on and give us a kiss on the cheek and goodbye. <laughs> you're not, you're not far off. Uh, no, I, I better be. <laughs> <laughs> I had better be. So, so uh, I will send you a picture of funeral potatoes. This is kind of a upload close uh, picture of it. Uh, Let's see what we got. What are we working with here? That looks like a good old mac and cheese bake. Yeah, that looks, that's of, what that strikes me as. It, it's got the crispy top. Much, it's, it's, it's a scoop out of a pan. A good old like casserole a, type of thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's like a hash brown casserole, pretty much. Yeah. So, I guess my first question about this is, how many of these are going to be casseroles? Because I feel like all <laughs> Actually, of them have uh, the be casseroles. Uh, are frog eyes technically? Are frog eye salad technically? Uh, yes. Yeah, oh, spoiler. That's a, <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't spoil what it is because <laughs> I've also got to so read the ingredients that go into Theo's it. reaction <laughs> alone is why I agreed to this because I know <laughs> you're just going to have a hard time. I'm going to uh, have a hard time. I'm gonna have a, wait, so why, 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 why are they called funeral? Why is the word funeral in this dish? Because you don't hear a lot of like, hey, you should come over and try my mom's zombie matzo ball soup. She's, it's the best. Yeah. Like, <laughs> So here's here's my context of why. See again, this is why I don't know if this is officially why they're called this. This is what makes sense to me why they're called this. Um, it is a common uh, side dish served at like Mormon funerals. That's why they're called funeral potatoes. Because like I guess, but when it's in like, the fall, I <laughs> yeah, it's like Easter, Easter ham, okay? It's like yeah, Easter ham yeah, Easter, or uh, Thanksgiving no, exactly. turkey. Exactly. Well, like yeah, we have funeral <laughs> yeah, but, potatoes with Easter, but we don't not in that like not that relation <laughs> at all. I realize how that sounds, but like yeah, that mm-hmm, yep. But I I don't have a burger in late September and say I this is my good Fourth of July burger. <laughs> That's what I'm having today. Well, I will. It's I will. Not a seasonal dish. You could have funeral potatoes in the summer. Funerals are are a year round business. Yeah, people do die <laughs> wow, all year round. Dark. All right, cutting uh, <laughs> right to it. I, yeah. I guess the uh, this is weirder than those. I think because it's a little bit morbid, and I think like I naming a thing after a morbid because like I don't like going to funerals. 
But no. uh, it, it feels weird to also have like a dish that does look tasty. I'm gonna be honest. It is, I, I it mean, is like also also like weddings are year round. People aren't out just eating wedding cake all over the all over the place. Is this, is that a good comp or is that nothing? <laughs> that, to that's... that I ask, why not? Wedding cake is just <laughs> cake, though. It's not like a specialty cake. It's not a certain. What type are of you cake. saying? You're bursting my worldview. No, that's that's it's, fair. It's in fact, great. it's probably less good tasting because they probably use like fondant and stuff <laughs> to make mm. it look beautiful. I do have a. Uh, article to to say who invented funeral potatoes and they it says nobody knows so that <laughs> oh, oh, great <laughs> that they they attribute it to the relief society of the church of yeah. jesus christ and latter-day saints so uh in utah the but, relief society that's yeah that's <laughs> so, like the the women's club in the church that's pretty much what relief society is oh, <laughs> wow, so okay. so at mm. mormon funerals usually like the, so whoever's funeral it is in the neighborhood. This is listen. I have to give you whoever some funeral context. is has to, has to bring the potatoes before you die. You <laughs> yeah. have to yeah. prepare it. That's yeah. why. Wait, I'm not <laughs> ready to, to die yet. I need to make potatoes. It's the last thing you do in this life. No, no, no. <laughs> so like each neighborhood it's separated into what we call wards, and so hmm. uh, the ward is usually like they usually help out with funeral stuff. So the relief society in that ward will provide a luncheon for the family after the funeral. Hence, funeral potatoes. So are people like, yo, I got to get to Dave's, I got to get to old <laughs> Dave's funeral. That ward makes the most fire funeral potatoes. I got to get an invite to that funeral. <laughs> oh, Actually, there's at least I mean, one maybe. person. <laughs> like, well, it's not just funerals. Like, you could have funeral potatoes, you know, at a summer potluck or, like I said, Easter dinner. Like, it's just... A hash wow. brown just, casserole, but I don't, I don't know why it was called. The specter of death hangs over every every potluck. It really brings it into perspective for you, you know. Wow. Yeah. I feel like it's because, uh, hmm. yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any like Easter ham is kind of the closest <laughs> thing that I could think of, of like, oh, like somebody, eat it like with that ham? somebody would I mean, say it at a like non funeral because like it sounds like you could just bring it to anything but it, it is called funeral potatoes because it's always at funerals it I might be it's, it's typically else. at funerals typically. i'm imagining that you're at the potluck and you're you're scooping yourself some potatoes and you look over and you see the wolf <laughs> from puss and boots in the corner and he's like i'm coming for you this website by the way has uh, a great quote while the New York Post calls these potatoes, quote, disturbing, food journalist Jen Rice has proclaimed them, quote, one of the most oddly satisfying dishes in America. So it's that's potatoes and cheese, gang. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so, I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's going to so be good. it's going to be tasty. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tasty. So let me it's give like, you the ingredients. Yeah, it's uh, 30 ounces frozen hash browns. I'm getting this from a, a taste better from scratch dot com. Um, Wait, so when, when so you've had it, it is, it is literally frozen hash browns that people buy and then pour in there? Yeah, usually. you, you Unless, thaw I mean, it. Like you can hash the browns yourself, I guess. You can <laughs> You can hash your own browns <laughs> if you're into that. You uh, two cups sour cream, uh, 10 and a half ounce can of cream of chicken soup, uh, ta oh. 10 tablespoons butter, uh, one teaspoon salt, a quarter of a teaspoon pepper, one teaspoon dried minced onion, uh, two cups shredded cheddar cheese, two cups cornflake cereal for that good good top. Yes, that's um, essential. And you just kind of mix it all together. And then th this is, I'm going to say, out of the ones uh, that Rachel told me about, the least <laughs> challenging. 
<laughs> this is the least challenging this one. This is the least challenging <laughs> they one. They poured a can of soup on top of frozen potatoes, and this is the least challenging one. Yeah. Will I... I'm going to struggle with this. <laughs> You're absolutely going to struggle. We knew that's why we have this segment. Yeah, this cuz cuz I also struggled and I knew you for a fact would struggle. <laughs> so you needed to see it. You needed to know. All right. So if this funny. is the easiest one to palette, I'm ready to hear number 2. Number 2, we have Hawaiian haystacks. Um so I'll send that to you now. Hawaiian haystacks. Hawaiian haystacks from f- Utah. We have Again? Hawaiian state. Hawaiian haystacks. This I I like figured okay. A staple so, dish in my ooh. childhood. So I'm shocked. Mm-hmm. So this is ooh, this is challenging because I right off the bat I see pineapple, but then immediately next to it I see black olives, and that's yeah. not something I want anywhere near my mouth. It looks like somebody had a pizza uh, toppings and then they like tripped into a stir fry place. It's um, like the it's like the local pizza place just was desperate to get rid of all their shit they no one was ordering just and they just put rice. it on a salad. I'm I'm okay. So oh my gosh. It is on a base of rice. Um, that kind of like goopy stuff that you see is cream chicken soup. Like it, it no, is goopy you, chicken you soup. So let's just get right. No, we okay. can't have core cream chicken soup two out of two recipes. I'm reading. I'm reading. Yes, well, I'm sorry to disappoint. There's going to be more probably. That's like a base for so many of our recipes. It's not a food group. It's chicken, uh, cream chicken soup is not a food group. Theo, hey Theo, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is a recipe from I Wash You Dry, which is a very cute name for a, a website that does recipes. Uh, right. So it's a quick, easy Hawaiian haystacks are filled with fluffy rice and creamy uh, chicken gravy, then topped with all your favorite things for the ultimate comfort food dinner. Uh, apparently total time, 15 minutes. Very quick oh, dish. Yeah. It's ridiculously easy. Uh, you have two <laughs> ten and a half ounce cans of uh, cream and chicken soup with herbs. Oh, good. We didn't have enough with, for the first one. <laughs> with with herbs. That is dip. a lot, actually. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, eight ounces of sour cream, half a cup of milk, three cups shredded rotisserie chicken, six cups prepared hot rice, um, and then for the toppings, shredded cheese, pineapple tidbits, Tidbits is very interesting. Like <laughs> not slices, not big enough, like not rings. No. Tidbits, uh, yeah. s- sliced black olives, diced tomatoes, diced green onions, frozen green peas, thawed, uh, crunchy chow mein noodles, uh, and shredded carrots. All right, gang. <laughs> For the record, if it helps you uh, feel any better, I did not. I would never put olives on my Hawaiian haystacks. Never. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, that's, I don't like it's, olives. It's extremely challenging to me <laughs> to hear about these black olives because if I had known that this dish existed, I would have had a rule for it on this podcast <laughs> years ago. Yes, you would have. This I is knew, illegal. I knew this was going to happen because how against you this you're have, going to be. You can't have three ingredients be pineapple, black olives, and a quarter cup of milk. What are we doing? What are we doing? What is happening? This is not cereal. This. Well. Almost. <laughs> we're, we're almost there. Yeah. That's almost. A- Wait, okay. So I need to hear about you firsthand having eaten this. Tell me about the culinary it's, experience. Of it's like <laughs> you find out you either like at home or at some event, you find out there's going to be Hawaiian haystacks. You're like, yes, I love those. Like everybody loves it. All right. It's that- comfort food's a good, it's a good like, you know, you know how like mashed potatoes makes you feel? 
It's the same way. It's the same thing. Just That's different, the same. different consistency. <laughs> That's much, tough for me to pretty tough much. for me to square with. This <laughs> this feels like an executive trying to pitch the KFC ultimate bowl <laughs> or whatever of just like it mashed potatoes. It's like that. It's all the comfort in one. Except we it's this. with our favorite Picture brand this. partners to bring them exactly what they asked for. Like, no, you didn't, it's Todd. Not, it's not I don't want to hear close. it. <laughs> I know. I'm, um, apparently the first KFC, by the way, is in Utah. The first? What? I think so. That's not Kentucky. That's Robert. Uh, you're you are correct. Let me see the first. Are they KFC lying? Location. Could they? Could no? Could I they think be it's lying to us. No. <laughs> could they? Sanders identified the potential of restaurant franchising, and the first Kentucky Fried Chicken franchise opened in Salt Lake City, Utah, in 1952. Look at that! Wow. Look at that! Bringing the people what they want so, straight from Kentucky. So, and that's why Hawaiian haystacks are just kidding. Um, they're not even related at all. <laughs> Can I ask, what is the, because it seems like there's a lot of ingredients. And if I, this sounds right. like it was from childhood. Is there like the equivalent for this? Like what's the minimum amount of ingredients for it to be a Hawaiian haystack? Like where's the right, hamburger not, with ketchup? Kind of. <laughs> right. Um, it can't be three ingredients and be Hawaiian haystacks, right? It's got to be no. more than that. No, I would say, because I, like the recipe that you just listed there's like a majority of those ingredients that I wouldn't have personally included. Like the mm. minimum of what I need for it to be. <laughs> this sounds so silly. The minimum of what I need for it to be a Hawaiian haystack. <laughs> yeah, for me to respect <laughs> you as a Hawaiian haystack. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, rice, obviously. The cream of chicken, chicken mm -hmm. combo. And I would say pineapple, <laughs> mm -hmm. the, the chow mein noodles, and... Probably a minimum. That's probably it. Maybe peas. Hmm. So so there's peas? like at least variety. Yeah, just at like least a, you know, just a at little. least you slip at least you slip something green in there. That's a, that's <laughs> yeah. a first for this list. You gotta so have far. listen. You got your fruits, your veggie. Listen, you didn't <laughs> your, have enough textures your poultry, going on. Your protein, you needed more texture. Your grains. <laughs> you're set. Yeah. I can't even compare this to. I'm like. <laughs> My brain is trying to be like, this is just a burrito bowl. But then I realize no. that it's not. And I'm like, well, this like, is just a chicken pot pie, but it's not. And no. it's like, like, I can't square this with anything. <laughs> it's if, Well, yeah, it's like a rice bowl of sort. Just think of it as a rice bowl. And the only options with soup to top, on top it with soup on top. But it's not, it's not soupy because you mix it with the sour cream. So it's more of a... Oh man, a, that's like a tough gravy. To hear. <laughs> yeah, it's like a gravy. I, that sounds disgusting, but it's delicious. I what I need is I need you to try these and report. back. I go about my life in a way where I try to do the the least amount of mixing with sour cream. Is <laughs> that's sort of my whole I, thing. Sour cream okay. is a thing that if it's in a recipe, I don't mind it, but I don't want somebody slopping it on top of my burritos. I don't want anybody no. slopping any. Well, sour you don't cream slop it. You mix it in with the. Okay, the then I probably wouldn't even notice it. I'd yeah, be like, so this can, is just cream and chicken and you soup. Can, and for, you could mix it, you could sub it for Greek yogurt instead. Mm. Now that I can get on board with, we're moving we full steam ahead. <laughs> we're bringing them to the East Coast. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Honestly, I need you to try it. I just, but like, maybe wait, come visit and we'll we'll make Hawaiian. All right, I got to visit the, uh, first I got to visit the first <laughs> KFC and then yeah, I got to try this. We got a whole list. A real culinary tour. <laughs> If it has Greek yogurt in it, would that mean that it would uh, get rid of garlic breath? 
Remember? That's Remember from That's previous episode, I'm doing cross... Uh, wow, cross promotion. Yeah, cross promotion oh. with ourselves. We're <laughs> to past episodes. You didn't listen to that one. Go listen Some to it. Some next level marketing, promoting yeah. your own things. <laughs> yes. Theo, that if you, is I, funny. I think this one's a little bit challenging because it's uh, a lot of different flavor profiles in one. I Because yeah. like the pineapple, I think, is what gets yeah. me a little bit. Because I'm like, ooh, because... But if if you put it, that into a poke bowl, I don't think I would like bulk at it. I think it's, it's just still like the bla- it's still the black olives that really. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> but without the really black olives, now where are you at? Without just for, forget that olives even existed without in this suggestion. The, without them, I still have a problem. I think with pouring soup <laughs> onto soup is its own thing. It's a thick gravy. Not it's like cream of chicken soup. It's not like a, a full liquid. It's going to be just like this a, is, a thick gravy. You're making gravy. me question my my reality because I don't want to attack like a solid base. childhood here. It's a solid base. Saying. I can't judge because we had a, a stir fry place in our college that you could go and you put stuff into a bowl and then you give it to them. And you, I got some glances. I got some glances yeah. of like, really? Huh, really? Okay. Is that what you're doing, glances. huh? So. All right. Hmm. But you're if, just doing all baby corn and some rice, huh? That's what you're doing? <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, so, Theo, if you thought that was uh, the toughest one, it's not. Are you telling me to buckle up, buttercup? Is that what you're saying to me right now? Because now it's time for dessert, kind Question of. Mark? Uh, all right. Again, I, the... I just said no, you... no, 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 no. <laughs> you don't get to say anything. Is there pasta in there? <laughs> Fuck you. Well, well, Theo, you're, I think you might be overreacting. You've just seen it. You haven't I even heard the name. You might be underreacting. Because I feel like the, the people who came up with it kind of understood that it's a, a witch's brew uh, and called it frog eye salad. So <laughs> This one is somehow inexplicably worse than the last one. Please, somebody tell me what the ingredients are so I can laugh and, and say it shouldn't exist. Okay, we, so this is uh, <laughs> this is from all recipes. Um, yell at them if it's not the same type that you make. Uh, one and three-fourths cups unsweetened pineapple juice. One cup white sugar, which is a lot. Uh, two, a lot. two eggs beaten. Uh, two tablespoons all-purpose flour. So far, we're going down a good road. This is all signs are pointing towards glory here. Two and a half (laughs) teaspoons salt divided, uh, one tablespoon lemon juice, one tablespoon vegetable oil, one uh, 16-ounce package of uh, Eschini de Pepe pasta. You fucked up. (laughs) Stop. Stop. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were talking about my pronunciation. No, not you. I was waiting. Whoever started making this recipe, guess what? <laughs> and, and, and for people who don't know what that looks like, that because t- I've never heard of that pasta before. It's just like a kind of thicker couscous. It's just like tiny, 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 tiny little like pearls. Yeah, like kind couscous. Of. Yeah, yeah, pearls. Um, th- but like, but but why? But why? <laughs> uh, three cans mandarin oranges drained. Three, three cans. Yeah, that's a, there's a lot of them. Uh, two cans of pineapple tidbits. Once again, the tidbits drained. Um, than lots chunks. of pineapple in, in Utah, apparently. One can crush pineapple. So. More pineapple. More Gotta pineapple. Uh, you guys are pineapple freaks out here. One container. One eight ounce container of frozen whipped uh, topping thawed. One cup miniature marshmallows. One cup shredded coconut. 
<laughs> I like the this chuckle is, at the coconuts. This is just, just like it's too much. Stop! <laughs> that is a just lot. stop! Like it's too too many things. It's it's a lot. It's a lot to Let think me about. Create my own Sunday and put pasta as one of the things so I can avoid it. Don't make me eat it. Pasta is I'm but gonna like, say associated with savory things, but it's I think this you, it's a vehicle for other flavors. This was created by somebody who their kids wanted ice cream, wanted an ice cream sundae. And they said, well, there's no ice cream in the house, but I got this fucking couscous. Are you so saying? This will have to do. Are you saying that they did the equivalent of SpongeBob Stinky Sunday? And yeah. <laughs> they just kind of put a, an old plant oh in there. Um, that kind of did. Because well, like, this is divorced dad dessert. Like this is, it's like the. I think the shredded coconut really is the like the. It's the divorce dad that I'm slicing it up. It's exotic now. Like, it's (laughs) this is not a chops challenge where you have succeeded, my friend. I hate to tell you this. (laughs) Well, okay, if if that was how it was invented, it worked because I actually have lived all 28 years of my life, not knowing what that little bead was in that kind of salad. I thought it was like like a tapioca bead or something. You never mm. stopped to question? No, because it was good. <laughs> if it tastes good, there's no problem. You, you were eating a dish called frog eye salad and you never stopped to think. <laughs> well, maybe I should question. I, that was actually what? news to me that that's what that's called. Real, just, what's, what, wait, did they just say ask? this is just yummy, just a, yummy salad? Oh, what is that green stuff? <laughs> that's what, what is that? I'll have green. Why is well, it green? Why is it green? Why is it green? Um, well, probably, well, at least... The at my family functions, it's green because they use um, pistachio pudding <laughs> mix instead of oh, that actually something sounds pretty else. Nice. Mm. It it was pretty good, but but again, I thought it was like some tapioca because then there's marshmallows in it too. Um, yeah, the, mar- <laughs> the marshmallow you don't really stuff question, is if very. If it tastes good, you don't really question the texture. You're like, a, if it has green, marshmallows in it, you don't. This is how Lucky Charms has existed for its entirety. The like okay, the little actual cereal parts are cardboard. They're terrible. Listen, all it needs is some black olives and you're good to go, <laughs> all right? Exactly. That's all you need. And pineapples. I actually don't like Lucky Charms marshmallows. Mm. Sad well, to say. That's a Please. bold stance coming from someone who eats frog eye salad. <laughs> I don't know. What I mean. You know, that's fair. That is fair. <laughs> the only thing I will say in frog eye salad's defense. Uh, and I can't believe I'm going to the defense of Frog Eyes Out. Yeah, why would you do this? Um, don't, don't put yourself in this position. At least compared to the other ones, it uh, seems consistent in flavor profile-wise. It's all sweet stuff. Other than the I pasta, which is I can see what neutral. you're saying, how, how the, pasta. The, the pasta... I mean, the pasta by itself probably doesn't have its own flavor, right? So you just dump a bunch of sweet stuff on it, and then there's just texture. It's yeah. just filling, right? So I get I get where you're coming from with this. The problem with this, though, is I feel like it just has too many. I don't. What's the what's the fascination in the Midwest and also in the the Apparently Northwest? Utah. Yeah, uh, with making things just kind of a goopy mess. Like everything has to be mixed <laughs> really together into a know. like. Just so, if I had a side of of mandarin oranges with like a kind of marshmallowy thing, I wouldn't. Right. I wouldn't be mad if I. But like just. Pouring that in, and then be like coconuts, <laughs> just and also pineapples. Uh, like, yes, that's with this here too. I, I really, I honestly do not know. Because like I can get behind a good casserole. Casseroles can be good, but then, but then you get to kind of like what they did to Jello in the fifties, where they're like, "Well, mm. we can make it savory now. Let's that try to do that." Here as well, 
That's a I will say with, thing. with all of these foods so far, it's like, it's almost like you're all, you're expected to bring these food to a communal place to eat them. Mm -hmm. yes. And so the only option is to slop it all together. You're not bringing a mil million little like mm. bowls and, and cups and stuff. You got to no. have one thing to bring. That's true. But it's, I, I think also the popularity in the ubiquitousness in Utah. Because, like, we brought it up right. to another friend from Utah, and they were like, oh, yeah. We, oh, yeah. Hawaii, <laughs> they were like, Hawaiian, hey, Steph. Like, they were absolutely. Well, honestly, that's the reaction. You're like, oh, yeah, you're so stoked. That's so good. Well, that's just so interesting. Because, <laughs> like, it's like a weird mess that it's, like, but everybody loves it. It's it's just. Everybody loves this big mess. You just pile on ingredients. It, it it makes it tasty. And you never stop piling on. You just empty your whole pantry out. <laughs> yeah. Just keep them coming. <laughs> what do you have? As yeah. a more former, pineapple, apparently. Former college student, I kind of get it, but I kind of don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I well, can say. Like, well, like, well, in an ingredients standpoint, like it is, it does seem like it is above the college students. There's What's more. The it's uh, it has a little bit more je ne sais quoi. That it doesn't food. have. Yeah. It doesn't it has, have more food groups. It has but coconut. It doesn't have more ingredients. <laughs> it has. It like, has fruits. It has fruits in it. Because it's more ingredients, you're like, well, I can't really do this until I'm able. Like, I can't have Hawaiian haystacks unless I have this, this, this. I can't have frog eye salad if I it don't have It must have seemed this, so this, like this. unobtainable as a child. Like you needed yeah. an adult. That's why it to, felt like, like a delicacy. Mysterious foods. It felt like a delicacy because you're like, oh, wow, we have mm. this. For for specifically frog eye salad, did any adult ever say, "Don't worry, it's healthy. It's got fruit in it." <laughs> no. Well, okay. Maybe, okay. Actually, I don't, who knows? <laughs> as long as people I know that it's like a, a goopy tastes, nightmare full again, of marshmallows and sugar. <laughs> like, my stand, yeah, marshmallows, good. Like like Joey from Friends. Like, what's not to like? It's good. <laughs> marshmallows, good. <laughs> <laughs> this is more like Tiny Parks pasta, and Rec where good. they make the, the Andy makes the Starburst and Skittle sandwich. And like the sweet really brings out the sweet. <laughs> yeah. That's what this is. Yeah, yeah it's all sweet so all the time. It's all sweet all the time. Well, yeah, that's sign me up. This uh, has been looking at some some uh, Utah recipes, some wacky recipes, and I will leave us Theo on the question that. Uh, Rachel asked me, kind of, is there a Boston equivalent of this? Oh, like, do we have that? anything that you can think of? Uh, well, I feel like Boston is the city that, I mean, if we didn't invent it, it must have been close. The bread bowl. I mean, doesn't it feel oh. like that came from here? Like, the bread bowl is pretty wet and wild. I got I mean, Google. I don't know where it came from, but it, it <laughs> sure feels like it's I right at it. home in the city. I don't think anyone can claim that they created the bread bowl. I think some peasant in France yeah. in 1300. I think you're probably right. Like, but I, but I will oh. say that, like, Boston, it does feel like a very Boston food, the bread bowl. Yeah. It's because we're the clam chowder. We're, yeah, we're a soup people. And I think a, a chowder you... kind of retains itself a little bit more than a, a right, full right, soup. Right. My, my follow-up question to that, it's like... Is that a good thing to you guys, bread bowls? Or is it like... Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, I get excited about a bread bowl. Okay, I don't have okay, bread good, bowls very I often, do too. I will say. I was worried. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, I, it was made famous in San Francisco. Oh, get out of here. I, was, I didn't want to bring that up, but I... Oh. I Although they do, <laughs> the history goes back as far as 1427 when an Irish nobleman created a bread bowl filled with soup to impress a British mm. duke. Oh, well, <laughs> Check out. Cool I am 
<laughs> I'm impressed. That is turning in loaf. <laughs> that is turning in the assignment at the last minute. Like he <laughs> did not prepare yeah. for anything. He's like, well, it doesn't bowl? say if the Duke was impressed or not. It's entirely possible the Duke was very impressed <laughs> or Possibly. very unimpressed. Very yeah, br- true. Bread bowls, uh, chowder. I guess clam chowders are most famous. Yeah, I uh, tried a chicken noodle soup in a bread bowl the other day. Do no, not that, recommend. That, that's that way too watery. Become a sponge. Yeah. Watery. like it was a. It was like yeah. a a thicker like soup, but still it was like. Mm. No, did you mix in chowders. sour cream? No, Is that what you did. I did not. Oh. <laughs> did not. You were out and she about. Defended. I should thought of that, Theo. Dang it! Two to my roots. <laughs> Rachel's not going around with her own personal sour cream. It's not like hot sauce. We don't know what's in, a that, in that water oh. bottle she's been sipping from. We don't know. I'm actually filled to the brim. Thirty ounces of sour cream. There you go. Ooh, oh, nice that's and fermented. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Well, we're going to leave the segment, I guess. Well, it's oh, been a pleasure, boys. So that's Thank wild. You. That is wild. <laughs> Kids are crazy out there. If you have any questions, <laughs> if you have any questions, just email you. <laughs> like, hey, no, email our about. podcast, segmentcitypodcast at gmail.com. If you have any comments about uh, any other regional foods or your experience with these recipes. But uh, Oh, I know something that's from Rhode Island. Coffee milk. You know about coffee milk, oh. Rachel? Coffee milk? No, tell so me. So in Rhode Island, they're really into coffee milk and they make like like chocolate syrup. But instead, they have coffee syrup, and you like stir it into milk, and you make this milk that's like coffee flavored instead of chocolate milk. It's coffee milk. So okay, that's not a Boston thing. That's just a that's a Rhode, a Island, Rhode Island thing. thing. Yeah. That's so a Rhode how thing. how is Boston that thing. different? Excuse my ignorance, but how is that mm-hmm. different from like a steamer? What's a steamer? A steamer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, a new new food unlocked. <laughs> is it? Isn't this like uh? That's what I understand like, like steamers clam. to be. No, like on the coffee beverage side. Like, is it like a latte? It's not, it's not hot chocolate. It's not. It's like a latte, but not. Doesn't have coffee. Maybe that's the difference. I don't know. Mm. I'm new to the coffee world, so I don't know. Is a steamer <laughs> just like steamed milk in a cup? I think so. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Okay. But but this you is, can this add is like... syrups to it, so you could have like oh. hazelnut steamer type thing. Oh. So how? My question: How is that different from coffee milk? So coffee milk is Maybe like you, you know chocolate syrup. This yes. is like it's cold. explicitly co- it's this like is that, coffee syrup. But it's coffee. Like it's a sweetened coffee syrup, and then you stir it into milk, and that's what coffee I milk see. is. Yeah. I see. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, maybe let's give it regional a specialty. <laughs> I wonder, Sounds good. I wonder if any Rhode Island children or like Rhode Island parents <laughs> pour it because they think it's chocolate <laughs> milk for their kids, and they're like, Oh Uh-oh. no! Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> But thank you, Rachel, for joining You're us welcome. for this uh, segment. And now we're going to go you. back to the regularly, uh, bleh, regularly <laughs> scheduled programming. Thank you so much to Rachel Robison. Once again, wonderful segment, wonderful guest. I'm disquieted. I'm spooked for the season. I'm unsettled. I knew you would be. Yes, clearly. <laughs> You'd hate it the most. And it I had a dessert it. in there. I it had some it. sweet treats. Uh, <laughs> but, but thank yes, you to thank Rachel. You- and thank you to everybody for listening to this episode of the podcast. I know it feels like we ran, uh, it flew by like a, on a witch's broom, but that's just how it goes sometimes. If you have any spooky segments to send us, send it to segmentcitypodcast at gmail.com. Hit up our YouTube in, in our 
X or Twitter. I don't know what the the state of that company is, but (laughs) look at those. Yeah. And give us ratings. Give us star ratings and reviews. We love to read them. But uh, also, I mean, we already thanked her for the segment, but we got to thank her again. Once again. for For the intro music. That's right. Thank you to Rachel. I mean, now you all know how wonderful she is, so it, it shouldn't have to be said, but she is wonderful, and you can find all of her music around around the globe. She just put out a new 15-track album, as far as... as I, I, I'm up on the Rachel Robinson news. Check her out. Hell Spotify. Yeah. Go there now. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, We're doing that cross-promotion. That's Hell right. yeah. And, and some say she oh. is full of pineapple, so... <laughs> is that what they say? so that brings us to the last segment that we have today list of unusual deaths we're in the early modern period this is thomas urquhart who died in 1660 thomas urquhart a scottish aristocrat polymath and translator of francis francois rebelois French, I cannot do French. (laughs) Uh, Writings into English is said to have died laughing upon hearing that Charles I had taken the throne. And you know... (laughs) Oh, no, brutal. (laughs) Imagine being Charles I. Is that, like, is that fun or is that disrespectful to you? If you heard that somebody else died laughing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's kind of impressive that that happened, but also, like, come on, dude. Come on, dude. Also, really? I feel like it would be learning of an enemy and then that enemy dispatching themselves. Like, they <laughs> killed... Oh, I don't have to deal with them anymore. All whatever. right, I guess we'll deal with whatever's next, yeah. Yeah, but uh, hopefully you don't die of fright this Halloween. I'm really... I'm going... <laughs> You're Halloween going for really hard. I love Halloween. And you know I know, what? but by the time we put this out, I hope it's not past Halloween. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, the next episode, I'm already playing in some Halloween stuff, so and I, I right. feel like it's probably going to be past it. It's going to be mid-January, and you're like, I hope you make it to the next episode, Ghouls <laughs> and Ghosts. <laughs> it's not going to be January. It's going to be maybe November 1st that maybe. it comes out. I don't know. But thank you, everybody, for listening. And don't, it's spooky. Spooky. Spooky to you. <laughs> <laughs>